Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Doctor and the Dummy, featuring myself, Philip Distin. And myself, Dr. Caroline Iskowitz. This podcast is two budding entrepreneurs bringing value to the community and discussing a multitude of topics. That's right. There really is no topic off limit, as long as the doctor approves. Today's topic is time management, and this is one that I've definitely been looking forward to because this is the doctor's area of specialty. Um, she is a time management consultant for those busy entrepreneurs. And today is part one of a part two episode. So part one, we're going to concentrate on business and uh, personal life and finding that correct balance. And then part two, which will uh, be the next podcast, will concentrate on relationships and your own time. So I'm going to jump in with a question for the doctor, because if you're tuned into this podcast, you are onto a winner because this would the value you're going to get from the doctor on this is going to be epic because this is what she does as a business. So time management with entrepreneurs. I know you deal with them all the time. And I know you specialize um, with female entrepreneurs. Obviously, mm-hmm. I am not female. Secondly, probably most of your clients are American. I am not American. So we're on a different time scale. So that's always interesting. Um, so as an entrepreneur yourself um, with your network marketing business and your business as a consultant to business owners, there's going to be a lot of mentions of business in this one. That I'm going to love it. How do you best deal with someone that has far too much on their plate business-wise? So entrepreneurs that take on a lot, entrepreneurs that have multiple income streams um, are generally, like myself, you know, I have my dog walking business, my network marketing business, and I'm relaunching my photography and videography business. And obviously we do the podcast. What is mm-hmm. your suggestion to those people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And that's actually... I'm learning that as well because I have taken on the podcast, um, just being in a lot of different women entrepreneur groups in person that meet. Um, I just started BNI networking as well. Um, so I just have so much on my plate. So it's almost like I figure it out for myself and then figure out what works, but every client I have is so different. So it's customized to what fits them best in their schedule because I work with a lot of mompreneurs as well. And I think with being able to manage your business and all the streams of income, it's really important to prioritize. Like I have to write everything down. If I don't write it down, I don't remember it because that's just kind of how I stay laser focused on what are my goals. And every week I sit down maybe like 30 minutes and just plan my week ahead of time. So I'm able to know, okay, I have this time block for the podcast, this time for um, my coaching business, my clients, everything it is. But for clients, what I do is have them do the same, like with having a system that works for them. So for instance, um, one thing that's been really valuable to me, and I found this on a blog too, but I started using it, but it's writing down when your top three priorities for the day and what are those and being able to get that done no matter what. Like everything else can fall to the kind of the wayside, but what needs to get done? And as entrepreneurs, we probably have like, 50 million things we have to do in a day, but it's breaking down those large goals into very small, concise action plan. It's like steps. So for instance, um, I write besides like having your top three priorities, it's writing down what do you, what must you get done? What should you get done? And what do you want to get done? And it's almost having like kind of like a reward factor of you got like what you must get done. And then the things that you want to get done, being able to have that time frame in there. And it's kind of being able to conform to what fits the person's lifestyle because everybody has a different lifestyle. And as entrepreneurs, we're always trying to have time freedom and make everything work for us. 
So that's just like a little nugget, but the must, should, and want to do, that's been like vital for a lot of my clients. So that's why I wanted to share it on here. But I mean, I could talk about this for hours. Um, well, we're but... not because we're, we're, we've split this down in two podcasts because we know <laughs> we know this is going to be a big top topic for yourself. And I imagine this probably be, won't be the only time that we will mm-hmm. touch on time management and business and social life and all that kind of interaction that goes on. This is why I was quite excited about this because I know um, as a coach yourself, you obviously charge your clients for, for your time, which is what all business people do. You know, it's right. that kind of, you know, and that's why I was so excited that people can get hold of this podcast just to get a snippet of what mm-hmm. they can do, what value they can get from yourselves, what value they can get from me as a madman that takes on anything and never says no to anybody, um, which mm-hmm. is something I'm actually learning. Um, like I said, the videography thing is new. I just said yes to doing videography for a wedding. Did a wedding last weekend. It went really well. I'm so happy with it. I could, couldn't be happier with it. And um, got them their three-minute sample video straight away within that evening. This is how bad my time works. So I get home, I work out something, I then send them the video within 24 hours. So I'm, I'm constantly on the go doing it. But they were happy with it. So you know, I'm now looking to launch that as my third business. So for me, prioritizing, as you said, what's important to do, I need to then look at not just what's important in one business, but what's important in all three of my businesses. Now, as you know, network marketing, the important thing is to tell people about your business. That's priority one. Mm-hmm. That to me doesn't take a lot of time. Um, as long as I know that when I'm scheduling my meetings or scheduling you know, coffee meetups or whatever I'm doing with that, that business, as long as I know when my free time is, which is easy with my dog walking business because that is scheduled on a, on a, on an online system for me. So I know that I'm walking this dog this time, this time, this time. And I know what my day roughly give or take traffic in when I'm finishing, when I'm starting is pretty much cause I'm leaving from home. I can start when I need to start. Um, but when I'm finishing also depends on traffic throughout the day. So I have to allow that factor in. So I always schedule my time beyond what is an estimated time. So say it takes an hour at the end of the day, drop everyone off. I allow, allow, allow an hour and a half just for, mm-hmm. The fact that it's summertime in the UK, it's the only time they can fix the roads by the looks of it because of the weather. And they just go out and fix every road within the vicinity of my house and cause me chaos. So that's kind of so. And that's the other thing with time management, the impact of external factors on your time management. And um, okay. this has been a big thing with people I know in my network marketing business that have struggled to get time because of an external impact, whether that is travel, whether that is, you know, family issues that come up. How do you deal? How do you deal with that balance of, let's say, an issue comes out of the blue, something completely random, but it's something you need to get done? Do you then, because you've prioritised, do you then move the other one to another day? Do you just schedule it back? What would be your suggestion for a person that comes across that? Yeah, no, actually, I was on a client call this week about that, and she was focused on. She had time blocked everything she needed to, but um, a doctor's appointment went over like time wise, and she was expecting it to be done in 30 minutes and she had allotted an hour and it ended up being an hour and a half. So some of the things kind of fell to the wayside, but she was like, okay, well, my priorities were like, she had her top three priorities and she just maneuvered the time frame, and she had to stay up a little bit later to get it done. But she was able to get it done because it was very vital for her, one of her businesses because she runs a couple of businesses. So I think it's just really being able to no, things are always going to come up, but it's how you manage it and not letting things completely fall off your plate. Because I think too, if you keep putting it off, that's when an issue starts to happen because you keep putting it off and it's not a priority. But I mean, that's, it's kind of looking at what are your priorities, but what needs to get done and not wasting time too, because I think a lot of times it's easy to get caught up in like social media and 
um, just scrolling through Facebook, but that's also a huge market for entrepreneurs to connect. So I think kind of went on tangent, but I think the most important thing is recognizing when you start shifting from your priorities, like how do you draw yourself back? And that's kind of where I come in for my clients. But I think for everybody who is trying to do that, it's really staying focused on what is your priority and how can you maybe attend to that no matter what, like making it a non-negotiable. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, and the, you mentioned social media. There. I know we, we get on social media on most of the podcasts, but um, a lot of the coaching calls that we do is is avoiding what they call the scroll hole. And when you just sit mm-hmm. there scrolling into Facebook into the depths of whatever, I, I'm now going through my Facebook um, because obviously from my previous industry, as we've discussed before, I'm still a part of a lot of groups that I don't know mm-hmm. not need to be in. So every time one pops on, boom, I get rid of it. And then, People say, well, that's just getting up, but it's something less that I have to scroll past or look at or that draws my attention away from what I'm actually trying to achieve by going for social media. And I mean, it's difficult to avoid the scroll hole. I mean, I'm not a big scroll person because as I said, I try and avoid as much news as possible because it's all depressing. Um, And that to me is another great way of creating more time because time is, as I said, it's the only commodity you can spend and never get back. Um, Right. It's one of those kind of things. So taking out uh, TV, taking out news, you know, it's, it's amazing how many people I speak to say, oh, I haven't got time to do that. I don't have time to do this. And then you'll speak to them and go, oh, did you watch the last episode of Game of Thrones or the last three episodes? And it's yeah. like, well, you've just wasted three hours of your time. Mm-hmm. You know, it says an hour an episode and they've watched three. That you could have been doing something that's a bit more, um, I don't want to say production beneficial because everyone needs to escape. You know, everyone needs to escape yeah. it sometimes. But to say that you can't put that off to a later date or do something else, I mean, especially with on-demand on TV now, I mean, you could literally go, well, I've achieved everything I want to achieve for the week. I've actually got three hours spare now because I'm ahead of schedule. Then you can catch up rather than, like you say, putting it off. Like if you haven't achieved those three things in a day or you're not achieving what um, you want towards, you know, as we said before, discussing your why, you know, everyone's got a why, whether they, they know it or not. They've all got one. Mm-hmm. Um and just wasting their time doing that. So I know my time management is better with, you know, I allow myself to watch a little bit of um, on-demand catch-up TV when I want to. Most of it is documentary-based, um, but I do escape into older programs like Friends. Um, <coughs> it's a guilty pleasure, but then being an older guy, Friends was my era. Um, I remember when it first came out. So in terms of putting things off, this is something that I used to do. So if I didn't achieve... I mean, I never used to write down what I was supposed to do. It was only in the office where I worked for, we had a whiteboard and we had our targets in there and we wrote everyone's initials next to who was doing what and what the time time frame and everything. And then that slowly fell by the wayside because then when one person falls behind, the other person's like, well, why am I pushing to do what I'm doing if they're not doing what they're doing? And I think mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, it's different. You're, you're pushing your targets for you. You're not pushing it for a person above you. You're not pushing it for a management. You're not having the goals set for you. You're setting your own goals. Um, and I find mm-hmm. that's slightly better. So in terms of people managing what they're doing throughout the day in terms of priorities, do you tell them to prioritize towards their, their goal is or towards what their why is? No, that, that's actually a really good question. I think with as soon as I start with my clients, because depending on how long I'm working with them, if it's for one session, it's a little bit different. But like working with them on a consistent basis, I think it's really digging within them and seeing what is important to them, whether it's their goals, whether it's their priorities, whether it's their why, I think it's all connected and intertwined. So we go through it and figure out what is the most important thing to them because it, a lot of times it's family, but a lot of times it's their business if they 
don't um, like have kids or anything along those lines. I think it's really honing in on what do they want to achieve? Like their why, if their why is part of their goals, it's going that direction, the priorities, but we break it down into smaller pieces so it is achievable. Because like what you were saying with the whiteboard, if you see it and there's no progress, like you're going to get discouraged and not have that motivation to continue. But if you see that, okay, I'm hitting these small goals, it's like that checklist. You feel like really accomplished and you're doing something towards it because every little counts that you're moving forward on your goals. And I think that's where it comes down to really just navigating what's important and a priority to my clients and what stands out for them because I'm pretty good at being able to pick out that as we talk. And I mean, they kind of say it, I see it and understand it, but they're the ones that come up with it and tell me, and then we go from there. Yeah. I mean, just, it's that checklist that we said that whiteboard. I mean, we always say, write your goals down, have a vision board, you know, do whatever. I know mm-hmm. you can see behind me, my, not those that listen to podcasts can't see, but the doc can see my walls are blank. <laughs> I do have a vision board. It's just not up because I've moved into my new house. Um, but having those goals written in front of you. Now, one of the greatest tips I ever received is, and it goes along the lines of social media. So serotonin and all those dopamines are released when you get a notification. So when you get a notification, oh, somebody loves me. Somebody's left me a message. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody's ticked on the photos. I'm like, oh, look, 105 likes on Instagram, all that kind of stuff. But it has the same power effect when you write a list and you tick something off. So one of the greatest tips I ever received, and I don't know where I got it from now. It was probably somewhere I've read it or heard it or something. But the first thing you should write on your to-do list is write a to-do list. And that should be your point one. Because then when you complete your to-do list, you tick something off and you think, oh, I've achieved something. And it's, right. it's, it sounds so small, so insignificant, and so stupid, but it triggers your brain. It, rea- it, you know, it, it says something in your brain to go, well, actually, I've achieved one thing so far today. Bang. So that's what's next on the list. And it gives you that drive. And it's like going, you know, um, going to the gym, doing training, whatever it is. Once you get into that habit of doing those kind of things, writing the list, ticking the list off, going through. And we've had this before with um, the Friends episode. I know it's friends again. That's twice I've mentioned it. One a lot of people love friends. But it's, it, you okay. know, it's, the, it's the friends thing with Monica's packing the bag to go to London and she says check and then she never thinks it's weird because her mum's always done it and then Ross walks in and passport <laughs> check and it's that kind of thing. And they, they smile when they do it. And that's your brain telling you, look, you've achieved something. You, right. You've done something. What's next? Because as a human, I believe you're always looking for a challenge. You're always looking for something. Your body always, and your mind always wants stimulating. It always wants that sense of achievement. It's why... Yeah. You know, even back in the days, an achievement when you were a caveman, let's just take it right back, and everyone's going to argue when we were a caveman and whatever, and hunter-gatherer and something. But the hunting process, there is a huge dopamine release when you achieve what you set out to. So your aim there, your why, is to feed family, mm-hmm. to survive. That's your why. Your goal is to track an animal, kill the animal, eat the animal, or find the plant, track the plants. You know, I don't want to... Yeah, we, we were both. It doesn't matter. So they had to learn to find the right berries and all that kind of stuff. So the why was there, the goal was there. And there would have been a great sense of achievement, whether they know it or not. You only have to look at animals to see how happy, and I know it sounds silly, but just an anthropomorphic there. Make animals like friends, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you, you see, you know, dogs are happy when they achieve something. Cats are happy when they're chasing something. Um, and cats are the biggest killers on the planet. They're, they're more happy when they've killed something. That's just the cat's nature. Um, but it's that kind of dopamine release so that that writing a list and ticking off actually physically going back drawing a line through it it's the same as when you write goals you know specify the date specify the time specify where you are if that's what you want to do really be specific with your goal um whether that's a daily goal or a monthly goal a yearly goal whatever it is you've got so if it's a goal for the day so 
I need to speak to two people about this business. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. but make sure you write, I need to speak to one person about this business. I need to speak to, put it on two lines, not on one, because once you spoke to one person, you can't cross it off. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of this sense. Is, this is kind of a helpful tip, I'm hoping. So even if you just write, speak to someone about the business, speak to someone about the business. So when you spoke to somebody about your business, cross it off. And then you've still got one underneath that says, oh, speak to someone about the business. Okay, I need to speak to two people. But you're not waiting to speak to two, because then if you don't speak to two, you don't cross anything off. You, when you've spoken to one, at least you've crossed something off. You've achieved something. Your brain goes, I've achieved something. I've spoken to one person, so I'm actually doing better than what I would have done by not crossing anything off that list. I don't know if that's me rambling on, but I'm hoping, because you're saying about people should write lists, and that's the kind of way that I look at it and the way that I think people should look at writing lists. Definitely cross it off. Definitely tick it. Highlight it. Um, make sure you've got a system. That's, that's my biggest thing. When we had the list on the board, we used to cross it off or tick it, whichever we were doing. We had a system, mm -hmm. different color pens for... Was mm -hmm. it on time? Was it not on time? And you kind of learn yourself and it's, it's almost a game and a challenge. So yes, mm -hmm. I achieved it, but it's a red tick. It wasn't on the time schedule. I said it was. Yes, I achieved it. Green tick, on time, done, bang, thank you, happy. Um, whatever, highlight, stars, achieve well ahead of schedule. I'm amazing. Look at me. Whoop, whoop. That kind of thing. Um, that's a mm -hmm. American thing. Whoop, whoop. And, um, <laughs> but that's what I think because... If you make these things a challenge to yourself and you make these things a game, making things fun, making things exciting, mm -hmm. yeah, business isn't always exciting. Business is a grind. Business can be hard. Business can be tiring, right. you know, especially owning your own business when you, you're setting your own goals. But I think if you have that, it gives you a game to play. Yeah, people love playing games. This is why we have sports. This is why we have you know, crossword puzzles in magazines. This is why we have Sudoku and all those kind of things because people love to be challenged. The brain loves to be challenged. You know, mm -hmm that's just human nature that's my idea i know you said about writing yeah. this that's how i do it do you think that's a good idea yeah i do and i think like going to your point with like color coding i'm <laughs> i color code everything in my planner because i'll do it it keeps me organized though that's the main thing so like one color is for my one business another color is for my other business and like i break everything down in small pieces like what you were saying about I need to talk to two people writing it down twice. I think that is a good system because you're focusing on the smaller goals instead of like, okay, I need to talk to two people. How am I going to do this? Where am I going to do it? And I know that's a big thing too, being able to like write down, I want this by this date. It gives it more of a sense of realistic like aspects and being able to achieve it. So once you have that, okay, I want this by let's say August, 2018, and okay, well, what am I going to do in those in the next couple months to achieve that one goal? And like breaking it down, that's one thing I, I do all the time for myself, but I also do it for my clients. And I think everything I do, I make sure, like, does it work? And if it doesn't, I change something. And that's like for my clients too. But I think it's just having some kind of system. So a list is so vital, but it's also being able to hold yourself accountable as entrepreneurs and business owners like no one's telling you oh did you do this unless you have somebody or like a mastermind or a coach a business coach whatever it may be but somebody holding you accountable besides yourself is sometimes really helpful like i'm a part of multiple accountability part like um, groups and masterminds on top of my business coach because i need all aspects helping me stay accountable because I'm one person. But if I have different minds helping me and like, oh, have you thought of it this way? Because sometimes you get so stuck in your head that it can be really difficult. 
because you're just trying to do so many things. You know, it's just having kind of a clear mindset and headspace to do all the amazing things you want to do, especially as entrepreneurs, because we're all very creative in our own way, in our own right. So that's kind of going back to like having a list, I think is like huge. And I know a lot of people don't like to write lists, but if you keep it in your head, it's going to be completely cluttered. Yeah, yeah, you need, need to get it out of your head. I mean, that's something I, <clears throat> I'm still getting around to doing. Um, it's I don't always do it. I'm not do, I don't do it every day, but then some days that I, I know that I'm so busy that I'll come back home and I'll write a list of stuff I need to do that evening rather than writing it the night before. But the biggest thing I will say to people is do it the night before. Before you go to bed, write your list that you need to do tomorrow. Start that list off with write the to-do list because then you'll tick something before you go to bed. So if you've already achieved something for the day tomorrow, which is write a to-do list, we've got to go to bed. You're going to go to bed. Your brain's going to be triggered. It's going to be thinking, I've achieved something. Mm-hmm. I've writing my to-do list before I've gone to bed. I'm a winning brain. Let's go to sleep. And that's, that's, that's it. And the accountability thing. Now, the reason, <clears throat> there's two reasons people have accountability is that I think. One is motivation. If you can be motivated by somebody else, if you're one of those people that is, struggles to motivate yourself, but you can find a high-energy accountability partner that's like, come on, you can do this, you can achieve this, you can really go for this. And some people respond to that really well, some people don't. So you need to know what your own response to people is. You may want an accountability partner that's on the same level as you, is very analytical or very laid back. Whichever way you want to do it, you need to find an accountability partner. If you are laid back, I would say find somebody that's a little bit more high energy than you. I'm quite a laid back, casual person. Um, I kind of walk off touch back, let it flow, let's see what happens. Which yeah. is why I don't always write a list. <laughs> well, I just wanted to comment too on the accountability partners. It's great to have somebody to motivate you. It's also somebody who's going to call you out on stuff because I think that's really important because you might get so stuck in your head or you're like really focused on this idea. But I think it like I appreciate when people do call me out on stuff because it helps me grow as an entrepreneur. And I mean, I'm fairly new to business, but being able to have that support in an authentic way. But I think that's also another factor I just wanted to mention. Yeah. And the second, my second reason I think people join is people will quit on themselves quicker than they will quit on a team of people. People don't like letting people down. So if you have an Mm -hmm. accountability partner that you said, I am going to achieve this, you're now Mm -hmm. responsible for keeping your end of the bargain for them to go, brilliant, you achieve that, then we can do this. Or, you know, set yourself, set yourselves like little challenges. So if you say to your accountability partner by August the twenty August twenty eighteen, by ten PM, specify a time, don't let it drift off. Make sure it's ahead of whatever the your cutoff time for whatever you want to achieve. So if your cutoff time is ten PM, then make it eight PM. You know, give yourself that kind of thing. Um specify that time and, and then say, right, if we do that, we're gonna to go to dinner, I'm gonna treat you, whatever, or they're gonna treat you. Um but I think it's probably better if you say you're going to treat your accountability partner with your goal. So if it's your goal, because you don't want to let that person down by not taking them to dinner. And that right. sounds so silly, but people quit on themselves a lot quicker than they will quit on a team. Um, because at the end of the day, if you quit yourself, you're only letting one person down and that's yourself. And you can get up the next day and try and do it again. But if you quit on somebody else, then you're, there's nothing you can do about the next day because that's that person. That person is, you know, that's, You've, you've gone, you let them down. And nobody, nobody likes letting people down. If there's anybody out there that likes letting people down, take a look at yourselves because that's just not human nature. We're, I'm not being harsh. I'm being to the point. I don't care. The doctor's looking at me funny like, whoa, don't get harsh on people. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes you need to. No, it's being assertive and direct. Yeah. And, you know, who wants to let somebody down? You know, 
no bride that runs out on a wedding really wants to let that groom down. Right? Let's take, <laughs> it's a great example. It's a great example. She doesn't want to let the food. She doesn't want to let the... But she's not happy. That's, that's why they do it. But she doesn't want to do it. You know, and a lot of people get married because they don't want to let people down. That sounds really, really cynical. But that, yeah, that's it just... Is. It's not, it's not really... I'm just picking a really out there random... Everybody no, can relate to yeah. weddings. Everyone can relate on how big a wedding is and how, you know, mm-hmm. the whole... Expectations. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all that. So, yeah, if you say to somebody, I'm going to achieve this goal, August 2018, 8 p.m., and then I'm going to take you to dinner. Oh, brilliant. I'm going to dinner. Thanks. I'm going to hold you to that. You'll be like, ah, oh, sugar. Um, almost swore. Look at that. Managed to hold myself back. Um, and then you don't want to let them down. You know, you, you've promised them yeah. dinner. So that's, that's that. So I think we'll move on to the next point that I want to make about time management and business, the last one. So... Yourself, you have two kind of actively businesses and no doubt being an entrepreneur, you're probably looking for additional income streams, the same as me, which is why I'm restarting my photography business. So mm-hmm. when do you think someone should jump to the next income stream? Is it when this one is earning money? So your, your main one is earning money or is it when it is running autonomously that you've got your list and everything's working, whether it's earning you the money you need or not, but you know it's there and you've got a system around it and you know you've got spare time. So if you've got spare time around this one that is running, not only you the massive income that you know you want it to, but you can see the potentials there, and you know that the systems are in place for that to work. Is that when you would start the next one, or would you start? I mean, I'm I'm an idiot. I started one, two, three straight away and put all the pressure on myself. But <clears throat> what would you give advice to entrepreneurs? Oh, that's a great question, <laughs> and I kind of jumped as well, um, leap of faith, I guess you could say. Because my first business wasn't like thriving when I started my second, but I think it's, it goes back to time management because it is difficult to run two businesses at once or starting two businesses and then adding a third. But I think it's what feels right for you because I don't have like kids or I'm not married. So it's a little bit different for me versus somebody who is. And I think it just depends on your circumstances completely. But for me, I think it was really, I had the extra time, well, a little bit of time, but I know how to budget my time and how I can make it all work. And that's what I teach my clients to do because you can do it all. It's just a matter of how do you use your time? Are you using your time wisely? Are you wasting your time somewhere? Where can we optimize your time? And I think it is important to have systems in place. And that's, I mean, for my first business, I had a lot of tech systems in place. So it it helps generate. But I think it goes back to what works for your lifestyle because everybody does have a different lifestyle. And I keep going back to that because that is the reality. But I think it's if one business is like crumbling and it's really difficult to manage that, I don't think it's a great idea to start another one. Um, I think it's just using your um, expertise of what's going on with your first business before you start a second. But I mean, like I said, everybody is absolutely different. And that's what it comes down to. But I would say making sure you have a system in place before starting a second one. Yeah, I I think that's probably what I would suggest. I mean, I seem to thrive on chaos. So for me, it doesn't matter. I just keep starting things and see what happens. So that's that's kind of me. So, you know, I kind of set set my goals. As we've discussed before, I've got a goal writing thing that I do daily. So many dog walks a week, so many people to speak to a week, whatever it is, and write that down. And then that kind of manifests into your brain as well. So that's not so much setting a a daily to-do list that's something i do every day achieve right. 50 dog walks a week 
Now I'm not going to do that in a day. That's not my. You know, that's my yeah. my achievement for the week, which I'm, I'm beyond now anyway. So, and I'm kind of at capacity of dog walks that I can't really write any more goals down because there isn't enough time in the day. Because um, the beauty of me being an entrepreneur with dog walking business is, yes, I'm still, as people say, I'm still trading my time for money, but it's my time and it's my money, which I kind of enjoy. So I, I kind of. Mm-hmm. I start late and I finish early some days. That's just the way it is. I have really great clients and it, and it works really well that way. So I, that gives me more free time to do everything else. So we kind of lead on to that with free time. Mm-hmm. And it's balancing your business with your free time. This is something I struggle with because as I said before, I'm a yes person. So if I know in the evening I am got a few hours free, I'll be like, oh, I might go for a bike ride. I might do something for myself. I might go play badminton, play golf, do whatever it is I want to do, go fishing, whatever. And then somebody say, oh, can I have a lift to here? And I'd be like, yeah, no worries, I'll give you a lift. And then I've completely given away my free time. Now, mm-hmm. that's really bad now that i said it out loud. Um, <laughs> so balancing, and I know we're going to touch on relationships and me time next week, but balancing business with free time, social time, you know, let's not concentrate on me time, let's concentrate on social time along business. So meeting friends, you know, playing yeah. those sports that are team oriented going to the gym with your friends doing that thing how important is it to even write your free time into your schedule or your meet up time with your friends and schedules yeah i think it's vital because i used to not schedule like downtime and that's what led to my burnout because i couldn't balance it all until i learned how to but i think what i noticed with a lot of my clients is the ability to say no and you think it would be so easy and it's not because but you want to do this, Yeah. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Nobody wants to let people down. You don't want to let people yeah. down. And that's the problem is it's like, mm-hmm. well, I could be playing golf, but playing golf isn't going to be life or death. It's not like I've got to do it. I'm not, you know, it's, I've got to do this otherwise. So if someone mm-hmm. says kind of lift, you go, yeah, no worries because it's not something you've got to do. But I think if you set that out in your schedule, um, as you were saying that, that'll, it should be in there. Yeah, and it's it's also like what I was saying too, like about the list, like must, should, and want, like to do. It's like having like, okay, I have to get all this done for my business, but I really want to go um, hang, get lunch with a friend. But if I didn't get everything done in the morning that I needed to, like I can't go because I have to like finish like an important project or something for a client, whatever it may be. So I think the hardest though is like setting boundaries essentially is very difficult for people, especially if you're like, you really want to go, but it doesn't fit into your schedule. It goes back to your priorities and your why. Because I'm not saying don't like go and hang out with friends or like have the fun time, but it's a balance. What? Become a hermit and sit in on your own just with you and your computer. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, But I think it's like, it's all about balance. Like it's learning to really optimize your time and getting more done in less time. So it's not getting distracted or maybe it's even turning your phone on airplane mode. And I know I've talked about that before, but being able to do that is really helpful or do not disturb, whatever it may be. So you're not getting these constant notifications when you're trying to work. And then that cuts into your time, your social time. Because even if it's like 15 seconds here, 15 seconds add up. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, I think it's that concept of saying social time. People seem to think that social time just happens and it shouldn't be scheduled but it's so common nowadays that you know people put it on facebook look having drinks this weekend and they'll set a whole event up for the drink 7 30 meet at 
Tiger Tiger. That's a bar in the UK. That's going to make no sense to anybody in America. But, you know, meet at <laughs> the local. What is that? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll go to Tiger Tiger. Where is it, Phil? Well, you have to come over to Portsmouth <laughs> in the UK. Um, but that kind of, you know, people are doing that now. You know, my birthday drinks, they're scheduling it. People schedule this on Facebook. Um, and, you know, that's, that, I suppose that's one of the great things of social media is it can, you, you know, in the old days, I mean, I am old. So I have one of the very first mobile phones because that was you know, back in the day, back in 1997, Philip Savvy. Anyone remembers the Philip Savvy? You're an original BT open zone phone user. Um, you know, you had to call people. Nowadays on Facebook, you just put an event up, put a time in, yes or no, and then people can go, oh, I can be there, but I might turn up at eight. You know, and that, that's given them that kind of free time. So my only question is, so you've just said having a social life is great. Everyone mm-hmm. should have a social life. Nobody should be, yeah. be at home. Everyone should kind of get out there. Now you're saying if you were going to meet your friends for lunch, but you haven't achieved what you're doing in the morning that is your goal setting when do you then change the priority to say look this is burning me out by doing this and not meeting my friends can i split this down can i then reschedule this to later go meet my friends chill out relax have some fun time and then come back refocus on this goal that i've not achieved is that something that's i mean technically as long as you rewrite that goal down to me your brain will interact and say well i've achieved 50 percent gonna do 50 percent later if i don't then it's on me if I just leave it and don't rewrite it down, I've got to do it. You're kind of giving up on that and then going and having social time. So it is balancing that social time just as important as achieving that goal um, that you haven't done that you could possibly just move to later. Yeah. I mean, I think like what you were saying too, like with the scheduling an event, like I think people have more motivation if they know they have something coming up, like something fun, they're more inclined to like make sure they get the project done. Because, like, obviously, it's not going to always work out perfectly because life happens and things go wrong, like, with technology, right? Like, we've had so many issues with technology. You say say we have so many issues. There's one person on the podcast that has more issues than than anyone else on technology. But we are, we are, yeah, the podcast, this is only the seventh episode. Don't beat yourself up. You always tell me not to beat myself up. Don't beat yourself up. We're learning as we go. It's one of those things. We're testing out microphones, headsets, ways to record, how to upload, and such. So that's just all a, you know, and as we've we've both taken this podcast on on a busy schedule, we both agree we've got busy schedules. Um, I'm obviously recording this podcast late at night so it fits in with your schedule. Um, cause obviously I'm more free come midnight in the UK or whatever time it is that we record these things. Um, <laughs> because I don't schedule that thing. That's my sleep time, but it's not, you know, I know that I'm going to do that. So I schedule in the podcast and I just lay in the next day and know that I've got free time. Um, which mm-hmm. is why we're kind of flexible. We, we both, we, we do it. We both, you know, mm-hmm. when are you free this week to record the next episode of the podcast? Right. We, work, we work out. I'm free here. I'm free here. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, we're both free on this day. Let's mark off. Let's do it. So we, we're, yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, that is, we are, we are the living proof, the voice of reason on this podcast of how to schedule um, when you are busy. Now, mm-hmm. two businesses for you. You have a busy social life out having dinner dates and dancing, ballet, something. I don't know what it is you do. Um, and that kind of stuff as well. And you, 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 you said yourself um, before we started this podcast that you're finding you needed to get out and do that exercise stuff. Not because you need to exercise. Everyone needs to exercise. Um, mm-hmm. You need to at least move during the day. Don't just sit down. Um, but you're finding that that's the social side of that and being interactive with people and just burning off, you know, letting your brain escape, doing your ballet. Um, I know you say it's ballet. I don't know what it is. Well, you it's explain what bar. it is. You explain what it is. It's Pure Bar, and this is not sponsored. But it it's like a ballet 
workout class essentially you're, you're and, not sponsored, but if pure bar do want to sponsor this podcast please do get in touch yeah please <laughs> <laughs> um but no it's an amazing gym um or i yeah i guess you can call it a gym but the workout class it's just very slow movements but like high intensity and i just it's something different that i've been looking like ever since i left cheerleading i'm always trying to find something to fill the void um of being in like a group exercise class that's fun but a really good workout and it's all about your core and i mean your lower body as well it's like well i guess it's total body but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah anyways i think like it's just being able to get out of being on your computer, your phone, because entrepreneurs, a lot of us are online based, not everyone, but a lot of us. And I think it's really important to have a good balance because I know now when I'm off balance, because I've been so off balance, like my entire life until like maybe like two years ago or three years ago. But I think it's really, it's vital to have all that time to fit everything in. And just, it goes back to scheduling because if I don't schedule things, it doesn't get done. And I mean, like even with the podcast, Sometimes we have to like rearrange things, but we make it work and because it's a priority and we make it happen. And that's, I think, what it comes down to being able to have that social time is so vital because if you're not shutting off and you're just work all the time, that's going to take a toll on you and you're going to end up burnt out and you don't need to be burnt out. It's just figuring out a different way and having a roadmap of where you want to be, but also not waste, like not being able to live your life, you know? Yeah, I mean, like life is for living. Let's, you know, that, that's you know, part of <clears throat> life, life, living. It's just, it's just the words that all go together. It's that kind of thing. You know, we're here yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Here, you know, if you if, let's say nowadays you live to eighty and beyond, which is more than feasible nowadays. You know, you you need to enjoy those eighty years. It, you know, it just sounds really morbid. But you're not here for a long time. In the grand scheme of everything. So yes. For me, I need I want to leave a footprint, whether that is this podcast leaves a footprint and people learn from this, you know, way beyond because this this media is always going to be out there, it's always going to be on the internet. So mm-hmm. leaving that kind of footprint of a advice, you know, whether people have a laugh at us because we're stupid, whatever it is, you know, that kind of stuff yes. that goes on. We're not stupid. No, but you know, we have that banter kind of thing. It's not all serious podcasts, we're not here, you mm-hmm. know, CNN news, um, real deadpan. Um but <laughs> Yeah, we're all looking for something, but we still need to live. We still need to enjoy ourselves. You still need, you know, your body still needs enjoyment. Even, you know, some people's enjoyment is literally going out and sitting in the sun. People enjoy that. They're fine. Yeah. Right? Go out and sit in the sun. If that's what you want to do. But people also need, we are social animals. Right. Despite what anyone says, those that are reclusive are, it's hard for me to understand because I don't know, I don't, I don't think I've ever met, met a, a true reclusive person that's ever been hermit and completely in. Most people are, and then I think that's the people you attract, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. So you mm-hmm. attract those kind of same people. Um, right. And I know for you, as you said, getting out and doing this dancey body core <laughs> workout thing, yeah. um, whatever it's called, it's not you know, simple to me is I go to the gym, I lift weights. That's, that's kind of it. I do cardio. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, Again, it's finding that kind of place to schedule it. You're going out mm-hmm. to socialize, meet new people. Um, mm-hmm. People like to meet new people because we like to be liked. Nobody loves to be hated in mm-hmm. a weird way. Even those that are hated love the fact that they're actually having attention paid to them. So maybe we like to have attention paid to us, but we do like you know, that kind of attention, that liking thing. Um, I know there is the Dunbar's number where you can only remember 150 people because we are technically tribes. So we... Mm-hmm in terms of human development, we are living way beyond what our capacity to remember is and what our historical 
way of living is in small tribes as there are still are around the world in these countries where there are small tribes um but we still want to have that interaction we still want to meet people this is why we go on dates this is why we go out and have drinks with friends this is why we play sport um not just the competitive edge it's the social edge afterwards you know the laugh you have the banter all that kind of stuff that goes along mm-hmm. so i schedule my gym in the morning at half six because that's when the gym's the quietest. Um, there's no point going in the evening because that's when everybody's there and I don't see the point in that. I don't want to queue up for a machine. I don't want to wait for a wait. Wait for a mm-hmm. wait? I don't want to wait around. So I meet my mate, half six in the morning. He's just got back into the gym. He's enjoying it. He's got his goals. He knows what he wants to achieve. He's told me what he can do, what he can't do, what he can eat, what he can't eat, um, whether he's going to have a heart attack and whether he's going to throw up, which is highly entertaining in the gym when he just stops and says, I don't know whether I'm going to die or throw up. I'm like, well, I'd rather you throw up. Yeah, yeah, that's isn't it? I don't, yeah, I don't tell him make Extreme. my work. Yeah, I don't don't tell him make my workouts easy for these people. He did kind of look at me and go, "Well, this is horrible." I went, "You're not even halfway through yet." He went, "Yeah, we're going home in a minute." And he, he kind of, he, he, you know, it was tough for him. Bless him. Um, but you know, he, he's got his goal. He knows what he wants to do. He knows why he's in the gym. He knows what his long term goal is. Um, to not just be healthier, but he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays badminton. He wants to be a better badminton player as a club level, not a a high level but he wants to be a better club player so he knows that he needs to get fit he knows he needs to work on his core strength his mobility his explosion all that kind of stuff goes in the bunch so we're, we're going through paces there um we'll do the odd just normal weight session the odd cardio and then i'll do some stuff with him that almost kills him but i schedule that in so i know monday wednesday fridays half six in the morning i meet him at the gym and then i'm also <laughs> accountable because he's relying on me to be there to put him through his paces make sure he's doing what he wants to achieve um, and helping him so that accountability comes in but that is also social you know we have a chat you know mm-hmm. you have a restroom waits it's interaction with other people there's other friends of mine that are in the gym in the morning that i, I used to work with but i don't see that often now because we're not in the work environment but we'll have a quick two minute gym wag over the water fountain um about mm-hmm. how bad their job is now and how much i'm enjoying my life which is most entertaining <laughs> for me they're like you look really well and happy i'm like i really am you don't <laughs> that's because i'm not but you know, they, they, I yeah. mean, they do. They, it says they're not happy. They enjoy their job. You know, they, they nobody. I don't. Think, I know that we all say there's a better way, and you don't want to do nine to five grind. But some people enjoy that. Some people yeah. like, like to have a belonging. They like the belonging of being a, in, in a group. And yeah, and I think that's the difference between someone that goes to a nine to five that just goes to earn their money. Someone that goes to a nine to five because they like the group banter, the belonging, the community yeah. that's there. And some go to, you know, some become entrepreneurs because they want to earn more money and they see potential and go beyond. And some become entrepreneurs because they like the social aspect. So part of my network marketing business is it's massively social. I think we discussed this before. When I first did my network marketing business, coming from a massively negative background to network marketing people, which are all <laughs> whoop, whoop, holly, yeah, yeah, positive, woo, let's go. I was like, this is weird. And mm-hmm. it did. And loads of my friends said, you've joined a cult, haven't you? And that's, you know, you get all the time over here. I don't know what it's like in America, net marketing, but we're not a cult, but just happy people. And I was not mm-hmm. that person. You know, I was the one that sat at the back in the corner, like not saying a word, not talking to people because it's like, I need to assess. I need to understand what's going on. But then once mm-hmm. I got into it, I realized that's my background. So that was just what happened. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of a sidestep away, but that's kind of social. You know, you know network marketing, yeah. network well, marketing I- is a social business as well, which is great. Mm-hmm. No, and I think too, like, it's just really, what do you want to do? Like, what brings you joy outside of your business? Because like, you can love what you do, but it's also having other things because I've seen this on like, I forgot where I saw it, but it's like, as a person, like, 
adding something unique. You're not all just work. Like you're creating all these opportunities and different like aspects of business and like what you can do and networking and doing all these fun things with the business side. But it's also, what are you doing for fun? What are you scheduling in? Even if it's just a few minutes a day or um, once a week, you look forward to like, I don't know. Um, that that could go back. People want to escape and watch Game of Thrones. Schedule it in. Schedule yeah. It in. And Game that's what it comes down to. It's like a reward factor of all the hard work you've done, like, but making sure you're taking time, like for those guilty pleasures, essentially. Yeah. My guilty pleasure is going to the cinema. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a film buff. I'm a geek. Um, I love comic films. I love rom-coms. It's really bad. Um, but that, yeah, that's, huh? what are what rom-coms? Are, no. What is that? A romantic comedy. We've had this conversation oh, I've before. I've never heard it. It's cool. <laughs> so, so, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, one of my favorite films, is a rom com. Matthew, McCormick. I've never heard it be called that. That's why I was like, "What is that?" So, this is the language barrier. Yeah, ro- ro- romantic comedies probably started with. Um, I've just never heard that term. In Notting Hill. Rom com. Yeah, rom com. Notting Hill. You've got mail. That's a rom com. In a way. Yeah, no, I've seen like a million of them. I just didn't know that's what it was called. So, what, what thank do, you. What do you think they were called? What do you think they were called? Just comedies. R- romantic comedies but not rom-com like yeah, i've rom-com. never heard that. Just, just shorten it down rom-com <laughs> oh i didn't think that no, it fits better into my schedule because if i don't if i say romantic comedy i'm losing a second of my life by saying that rom-com i'm, I'm, I'm gaining a second back there you go I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start using that now thank you <laughs> you're gonna start using that and everyone in america goes what are you on about but over here they're well, called they listen to the podcast they would hear it <laughs> they will everyone listen to it um so you know that's again so if you want to escape you know mine's <laughs> film so i know that if a good film comes out, so Deadpool, which was amazing, or any of those kind of films, I know that I'm going to escape for two and a half hours, three hours in a cinema, and just enjoy that. The watch goes on to Do Not Disturb. The phone goes on Do Not Disturb. Everything goes off, and I just switch off. But I know that I'm scheduling that in because my other half was was in network marketing, so she knows what her schedule is for the week. So some weeks, we don't see each other that much in the evenings, and other weeks, we got more free time to see each other. Um, so we kind of schedule two two nights, two three nights a week where we see each other. Other nights she'll be doing meetings, I'll be doing meetings, or I'll be catching up on invoicing for my other business, or doing the podcast, or anything like that. So we kind of that's how we balance our schedule. So and I know we're going to touch on this next week with mm-hmm. we'll, we'll touch more on that with relationships and me time next week. Um, yes. So that'd be part two of this podcast. Right. So as we're coming towards kind of coming towards the end of this podcast. Um, what is your three biggest tips, three, one, two, three, biggest tips for entrepreneurs in keeping on top of their time? The pressure's on. Pressure's um, on. <laughs> three. No more than three. I'm going to be counting. Oh, okay. And one. Real pressure. No, I, I think it's having a list of your must, should, and wants, like being able to prioritize that, I think has been vital for me my business um and just being able to see that every day and i think the second tip would be i'm like trying to like think of what the top top ones are that are gonna be helpful i guess like learning to say no like that is a huge one like being able to have the boundaries knowing when to say no and when to say yes because i know i love saying yes when it comes to like opportunities for business but it's just being really mindful of what's going to add value to your business, to you as a person and individual. I think that would be my second tip. And my third tip kind of goes in with like the decluttering your life, 
being able to make sure that like your space, wherever you're working, it's clear because that is like a visual reminder too of like being able to have like a clear head and clear mind space. And when you have like a clear uncluttered atmosphere is really important and not I'm like just so like, happy. This is a podcast, not video because that's not happening where I am because I'm still sorting out cameras and everything in my room. So at the moment, my desk isn't too bad. My desk is, as I've always had it, monitor in front of me, keyboard to my left, my other computer to my right, mouse is in front of me, my light's on. So my desk is pretty good. Um, the only thing I don't like is I do have a lot of books on my desk, which I'm now moving to my bookcase because I do find myself drifting off and reading the side of books. Now, there's only so many times you can reach 10th anniversary edition of Jack Canfield's The Success Principles. I mean, there's only so many times I can read that, but I know it's there and I get distracted by things like that. So I want to keep that clear, whether that is just... What I did have before was a load of boxes, which were just black boxes and I put everything in them that sort of hid things away. So there was like batteries and memory cards and all that kind of weird stuff that goes in there. But at the moment it's books and I have been looking at it going, I shouldn't really have books there because it is quite distracting to have those words mm -hmm. because I could be looking at something and I'll drift off and then I'll see something about the book and I'll be like, oh, I've read that book. It's a really good book. And you start thinking about that and then 30 seconds gone, you're like, oh, what am I doing? And that is a massive right. distraction. Now it's mm -hmm. great to have distractions. Um, and when I do photo editing or I do video editing, I do set myself time limits, mainly for my eyes, because I need to rest my eyes because staring at a screen isn't great for you, but also right. get up, walk around, change my posture, change my scenery, have a drink, make sure I'm taking enough fluids and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So was that two tips or was that three? That was three. three. Ah, well done. So my three tips, I'm going to give three tips. Now, okay. mine are not going to be as educated as the doctors because this is a speciality. Um, but my three tips for time management are as follows. Have a bloody diary. <laughs> that's as simple as it is. Whether that's on your phone, a physical pen and paper diary, iPads, whichever way you want to do it, have a diary. Now, people think I'm weird because I set alarms for random things like my alarm goes off at midday every day to tell me to eat because I do fasting. So I fast between yes. eight and six. Yeah. So that tells me that. to eat. So I did this with my friend in the gym because I said, right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to introduce fasting. We're going to do 14 hours for you. I'm not going to push you to the full 16. He was like, whoa. I said, all right, we'll do 12. We'll see if we can do that. Mm -hmm. do that. But because people are used to this kind of constant eating, taking in. But I set an alarm and I set other alarms for him. So what's that one? I said, well, this is when you drink water. This is when you drink water. This mm -hmm. is when you drink water. So his phone goes off and goes water, 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 water. So when you have that going off all the time, you're like, oh, Catherine. And it just becomes a habit that you almost know before you're doing it, you're picking up and then your alarm goes off. You're like, oh, you know, it's like that when you wake up in the morning before your alarm, like a minute before, because your body does naturally mm -hmm. have this internal clock. Um, right circadian rhythm that's within yourselves um, it always works um, and you can't turn that off so that is my, my one my number one tip get a diary second before you start your second go on sorry right before you start your second i just want to touch on a really important thing that you brought up with i think setting alarm for when to eat and drink like fluids is so important because time can get away from you if you don't that used to happen to me all the time like i would forget to eat so I now start. Um, I and this, this is the vicious water. circle with it. If you forget to eat, you forget to drink. You forget to eat and forget to drink because you forget because your body's not hydrating. Your body's not got the right vitamins for your brain to work. So you're going to get more forgetful by not doing it. That's why setting an alarm is great. I, I love yeah. it. It's, and yeah, it's, people think I'm weird, but they go, no, oh, I love have it. you got a 12 p.m. alarm? I'm like, oh, it means I can eat now. They're like, okay, did you not eat breakfast? I'm like, no, 12 o'clock is my breakfast. They're like, you have a breakfast in the morning. I'm like, no social constructs say breakfast is in the morning breakfast is two words it's breaking the fast it's break fast so you're fasting 
and then you you break that fast they're like oh okay that makes sense it's like well, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. you're able to explain so, it you know yeah. that's all that matters and when you okay. explain to people that's it so my point two there that's one get right point two <laughs> uh point two for me is notepads have notepads so whether you're writing to-do lists but i say notepads because you want a different notepad for different things you're doing. Have a to-do list notepad. Have a goals notepad. Have a gratitude notepad. Have a notepad for taking your notes on a training call. Mm -hmm. If you have several training calls, have a different notepad for each one. So when I go to conf uh, big conferences, big training conferences, I buy a new notepad. Or sometimes because I'm that technology like mad, I will take an iPad. If you can do it with iPads and you can keep your notes separately or you write on pages, um, that's an iPad. I don't know what Google's version is because I've never touched a Google product in my life. Um, but whatever it is you do, but then you can, you can set those out dates and you can quickly go through and go, okay, conference, June, blah, 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 and then all your notes come up. But I would definitely have notepads, not a notepad. Because what happens with a notepad is when you have something important, you tear it out and then you lose it because it's one sheet of paper. Everybody can lose one sheet of paper. It's very hard to lose an entire book. Mm -hmm. so that is my tip number two multiple notepads for your businesses taking stuff down and point number three i always say is it's because we've touched on a lot schedule your time to meet your friends yeah. we are social animals we are we are born to be in tribes um we are born to be within small tribes big tribes whichever you know kind of ancestry you come from so if you're coming from a viking background you're going to be in bigger tribes if you're coming from an island background your heritage is going to be smaller tribes but you'll get the feel of how many people you need around you that's just you can tell that by who's by you can almost tell it by what sports you play so if you play a high sport where there's a lot of people so cheerleading for you mm -hmm. is a big multi-person discipline yes there's a lot of people so you're kind of best bouncing around when there's a lot of people around you you like a lot of people you vibe off a lot mm -hmm. of people which is why you're doing this large gym classes for me right. I cycle, I play golf, I play badminton, I go to the gym. These are very individualistic. Now, I do play sport, but I play in positions that are individualistic in themselves. So when I play rugby, I play within the forwards, so there's a pack of eight. And that, I think, still breaks down. Yes, you're a team of 15, but you've got backs and forwards. The same as in American football, you've got defensive and offensive lines. Now, the defensive lines spend a lot of time together. The offensive lines spend a lot of time together. The special teams spend a lot of time together. The QB runs around, but the QB is a very individualistic person. Um, right. Within rugby, it's the same. You fly half. Um, your nine, ten link up um, are very important. Your pack of eight are very important. Your back three is important. It gets broken down. So even in that kind of aspect, you're still in a small individualistic kind of way. Unless you're playing one of those mad sports like the Spanish town football, where it's just mob mentality. But those mm -hmm. people, you know, you can tell there the people that enjoy the mob mentality. So people that go to stadiums to support that do everything. So those that dress up, they do the colours, they do the hats, they wear the team kit. They want a large tribe around them because they want that kind of tribe. You know, the face painting is tribal in itself. That goes way right, back. Yeah. Those that go basically in maybe a, you know, a, a t-shirt that just has the team on it, nothing too flashy, you know, a normal hat or whatever they're doing, a pair of sunglasses, they probably go with a smaller group of friends. Yeah, you know, they might have a bit of a. You can tell when you go to a tailgate because I've been to tailgates yeah. in NFL in the UK. You can see the tailgate people of where their friends and family. They're just dressed casually. And then there's the mad party with everyone throwing footballs around, throwing cans of beer around, five barbecues on the go, that kind of thing. So you can yeah. tell these people that have 
they're different influences. So find your tribe. Your vibe will attract your tribe anyway. That just happens naturally. So, but schedule your time to meet your friends because if you don't, your friends are going to leave you and you need the support of your friends. You need accountability from them. Um, I have a very, and everyone says it's very weird. I went to a private school over here and everyone that I went to school with from the age of 11, I'm still friends with now. And that's kind of um, against social kind of beliefs. So most people stay in touch with people they went to university with their last kind of colleges because that's when you develop stronger friendships from the age of 18 through to 20, 25 sort of thing. Right. But I have friends I've been friends with since I'm 11. And that is a rarity. But it's only a small group of us. Again, I went to a very small school. Um, Mm -hmm. There was only 30 to a class and 90 to the year. So there's not a lot of people. When I went to sixth form, there was only... 64 of us in sixth form, I believe. So there's not a big school. Um, and that kind of, I think, plays on the way that we all are now. We, you know, we play these kind of team sports. We're all broken down into what we are. Um, yeah. And I, and I think, think like with like just going back to like childhood friends versus like university friends, I know like one of my best friends, I've been best friends with her since I was nine or 10 and we're still best friends. But I think like it just depends on your upbringing, where you are and and as you grow as an individual too. But I really liked your example of that. Yeah. So those are my three tips. So that is diary, notebooks, books with an S, and schedule social meeting times. That you will find will, A, the diary will have your business and have your social. So you're balancing your business and social life on a piece of paper that's in front of you that's accountable that's making it real that's making it something to aim for notepads obviously because you need to take notes on trainings you need to take notes on little things you pick up carry a notebook around with you take a note recorder use your phone whatever so if there's a great little tip that you pick up on a podcast on somebody talking on the train or whatever it is and you just take that note down that's great to have that notebook and thirdly do schedule time with your friends because you do need your tribe around you to grow as a person. And your three tips again, Dr. Were? Were must, should, and want lists. I love that. Must, should, and want. Everyone write that down. Must, should, want. Mm -hmm. And then learning to say no so you can set some boundaries. That's going to be really hard for me, but we'll we'll work on that. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, Then the third one would be to declutter your space, your physical space, so your mind is clear and you're ready to go. Brilliant. And that's basically what you do. You declutter people's mm-hmm. lives. That's your, your business, your brand. So if anybody um, wants to find out, just search Dr. Caroline Iskovitz on social media, Facebook. Um, you've got your own webpage, which I think is, mm-hmm. what's, the, what's your website? Uh, just drcarolineiskovitz.com. There you go. Type that in Google. There's probably only one Dr. Caroline Iskovitz in the world. Um, so you can, yeah, you can do that. So you can get in touch with um, the doc greatly and she will help support you. I know I was excited about doing this podcast. I know we put it in two parts because this is almost a very small training session by the doctor interrupted by me, the dummy, with my own input of how I deal with things. And I'm hoping you get value from both me mm-hmm. and the doctor. I know you will from the doc because this is what she specializes in. And I'm so grateful that she agreed to do a time management one because I know this is your business and I know this is something you're giving away for free um, on these podcasts. But I think it's important to people. I think people will get something and they may want more. So check out Dr. Caroline Iskovitz. Do jump on there. Um, this is the end of part one. Um, next week will be part two where we'll be looking on relationships, which will include personal relationships. So wives, girlfriends, etc., boyfriends, um, family, and then friendships as well. And then me time, actually having time to yourself. Mm-hmm. So this is the end of part one. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm going to say bye now.
and bye for me. Have a great rest of your day.